Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Matt Stanton, and he's with WellBiz Brands. Welcome, Matt. Hello, Lee. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us a little bit about WellBiz. Um, Who are the folks you're serving, and um, what's kind of your day-to-day life look like? Absolutely, yeah. WellBiz, we are a uh, multi-brand franchisor platform. So currently, we are the franchisor for Amazing Lash Studios, which is the largest eyelash extension provider in the U.S. We're the franchisor for Elements Massage, the third largest massage provider, a franchisor for Fitness Together, um, dedicated personal training provider. And we just acquired Drybar, which is the largest um, hair blowout provider in the U.S. So we really focus on health, wellness, beauty um, in the personal services industry. So now I've been, uh, I do a lot of interviews, obviously, with franchisors, and something I've been seeing a lot lately is this kind of clustering of certain brands around a kind of a target consumer. Um, Is that the strategy here at WellBiz? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Whereas others have taken on, say, just the fitness industry or others in the restaurant industry, we're doing that exact same thing in this uh, health, wellness, and beauty. You know, so our our target customer across all of our brands is the you know semi-affluent to affluent uh, woman consumer um, across a broad ranges of geographies, ethnicities, etc. But really in that space where more and more share of wallet is going to, you know, as as more people decide to spend money on their uh, health and wellness um, versus just things. Right. And so um, we're able to serve that rapidly growing segment of uh, consumers out there. It's a really exciting place to play. Now, for a potential franchisee, are you looking for somebody who invests in all the brands? You know, we have a few franchisees who do cross brands, um, but certainly not all of our brands are, um, are are what someone has in mind when they're franchising. So we, we certainly entertain franchisees who just target one of our brands. Um, usually that's how a franchisee gets started with us. And then they get to know some of our other brands and decide to jump into those as well. Um, but but we we look at franchisees from a single brand perspective as well as those who want to play across the platform. Now, from the uh, when you have multiple brands in a given market, and if those customers, from a customer standpoint, is there any benefit from uh, being a customer of Dry Bar, does that get me uh, a good deal at the massage place, or uh, does it open up to you know opportunities for me as a customer at the personal training studio? It's a great question. On a national, I'll call it policy basis. No, it doesn't. Although that is on the horizon of creating some sort of call it national access across our brands. Uh, however, certainly there are franchisees who. Um, if they do own 
multiple um, brands within the market could create some kind of cross-pollinating incentive between the ones they own. So certainly something that we're looking at, researching and figuring out the best way to do that as we grow our portfolio of brands. Uh, but we don't have that on any kind of national scale yet. Now, uh, is there in the roadmap, is there, uh, are you looking to acquire other brands? Yeah, we absolutely are. You know, we've built a really exciting shared service platform, you know, so certain functions, certain uh, support functions with us as the franchisor play really well across multiple brands, allow us to bring on a higher level of talent, a higher level of support than maybe just one of the single brands could provide. And so um, as we build this platform, you know, I just mentioned we just a few weeks ago acquired Drybar. Um, and we continue to look at other brands that might make sense within our portfolio. So, you know, over time, and there's no firm timeline on this, it's more as opportunities percent, present themselves, as uh, we build our support capabilities, we certainly want to add more and more brands into the portfolio um, because there's just a great synergy between these brands. Um, like you mentioned earlier, the same target customer, we're able to support them um, in better and better ways as we add more. So it provides a lot of interesting advantages um, as we bring on more brands, as long as they're relevant to each other. And so I could definitely see us over time adding you know, a few more brands, certainly. Now, is your footprint primarily in the United States or is this global? Almost exclusively the United States right now. We have a couple units in Canada, but that's really our only international presence. Um, you know, part of that is we still have a lot of white space in the, in the U S um, you know, our unit count elements in amazing lash are around 250 and dry bar and fitness together are closer to 150. So, you know, you can imagine there's still a lot of places in the U S to go to a lot of places where uh, we can, we can serve new customers, um, but in, on the horizon, we'll definitely want to expand internationally. There's certainly demand there. There's opportunity there. And so we will be looking at those. But we get kind of, you know, it, it takes a lot of work. It can be somewhat of a distraction. So while we have a lot of the white space runway, the U.S. for a good period of time is going to be our key focus of growth, um, even as we get started on the international area. Now, you mentioned earlier that um, experiences are what a lot of folks are investing in nowadays. Um, how did that, um, the demand or, or, or desire to have experiences kind of, uh, how did the pandemic impact that? How did that, um, how did you help your brands kind of navigate through a period of time where a lot of folks were told by the government that they couldn't even open it, even if they wanted to, even if they could you know, do it safely. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's been a challenging year. All of our brands are close one-on-one -on -one personal services. So, um, you know, it's been a challenge from one, just navigating some of these shutdowns, which we had to comply with um, as a brand and helping our franchisees navigate through those waters, whether it be giving them support in talking to their landlords or working on the PPP loans as part of the CARES Act um, offering certain uh, relief that we were able to as a franchisor, you know, to help them survive the shutdown. But the good thing about it is with, with the type of services we provide, they're, they're, 
in very high demand and they can be done in quite safe manner um, with just the proper protocol. And so once our studios were able to reopen, um, we were able to do so safely and support our franchisees by providing the proper protocol that they should go about. Um, and with that, that gave comfort to the customer that they could come in and enjoy the services they have. Our brands are largely a membership-based model, which was really important through the pandemic because while we did pause memberships, um, it allowed us to keep in close contact with our customers, let them know everything we were doing to keep them safe when, when they were able to return to the studios. And so we were able to very quickly regain our, our customer visits and revenues uh, once the studios were able to reopen and surge back um, when, once customers could come back in. So that all really helped. And, and obviously our services are something that, that people want. You know, you think, you know, health, wellness, um, even beauty in, in these times, it's a stressful time for a lot of people. And so it allows people to um, take a minute, go get a massage to help de-stress and, and focus on aspects of their health. Uh, go get lashes to keep their beauty regimen going, whatever it is. Um, allowed people to get some relief from the stressful year, um, as well as have a little bit of normalcy um, back in their routine. And so we were able to provide all that. And I think all of that coming together really helped the brands weather this storm and really thrive coming out of it. Now, you mentioned um, the benefits of having a membership model. Can you share maybe for our emerging brand listeners out there the benefits of kind of thinking about your service and productizing it in a manner where a membership is appropriate? Like kind of maybe the the good, the bad, the ugly of doing a membership model? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I think the membership, if done in the right way, can be a big asset to your customers. We do a very... Um, low risk membership to our customers. If someone wants to cancel, we don't have contracts where you have to, you know, sign on for a year and do all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the membership is really about giving the customer a benefit and a reason to keep coming back and getting the service um, without the downside of some kind of long-term commitment. So if a client really doesn't, um, you know, want eyelash extensions anymore or isn't in a financial position to keep getting massages or something, uh, we don't want to force them with some kind of contract to keep them in. So our memberships are really built around value to the customer. Um, it provides a discount on the service, which is good for the customer. And it's good for us because we know we have a regular customer coming in and we're able to provide their needs. Additionally, most of our services um, benefit, the, the customer benefits if they are a regular customer. Let's take massage, for example. If you go get regular massage, you're going to see better uh, benefits, whether it be through stress reduction or muscle tension relief, et cetera, if you come back more often. So we want people to utilize that membership. We, we want them to come back in and use the membership. You know, there are memberships out there where you hope the member never comes and gets the service. Uh, that's not our case. We want the customer coming back because it means they're going to keep coming back and be a lifelong customer of ours. So I think it works well for us in that 
Um, it provides a little bit of a cost discount to the customer, so it's good for them while, while allowing them out if they really don't want it anymore. We don't want to keep someone feeling like they have to keep coming back if they don't want to. And so it's been really good. It creates a positive relationship between us and the customer. And it gives us a great avenue to communicate well with, well with the customer, um, to understand our customers so we can innovate and provide new offerings that meet the needs of our, of our clients. So all of that comes together in, in, into what I, I think is a pretty healthy membership program. Um, there, there's a lot of ways you can go wrong with it, whether, like I said, whether tr trying to hold them into something they don't want anymore or not really giving them much benefit, thus there's no reason to sign up. So we've na navigated that pretty well with, with really trying to make this a win-win situation for both parties. Um, thus, what we see across our brands, you know, uh, Amazing Lash and Elements, um, more than 80% of our visits are from members. And so that's a, a really big thing for us and something we want to we want to continue to see um, are those repeat and those regular customers. Um, and then lastly, I'll just mention it helps with marketing. If you have that positive relationship with your customer, a, a lot of our new visits come from word of mouth marketing. So by keeping that positive relationship with the customers while providing them a good service provides a great source of new customers for us as well. So that's, that's kind of, you know, a few of the keys to success for us. Now, does that help you also in the attracting franchisees as well when they know that they're buying into a system that's going to be this membership base that they know that there is going to be this stickiness of a customer that's going to have a higher probability of sticking around and coming back on a regular basis? Absolutely. It's really important for the franchisee um, because, yeah, you spend good money on marketing and making sure your operations are good and good hospitality. Um, if you can recruit a member and keep serving them well, you know, you don't have to pay more marketing to, to recruit them again. They're, they're a regular customer, continuous customer. And like I mentioned, some of that word of mouth helps as well. So, you know, especially for franchisees who have experienced member, good membership based models before that's something some of them only look at is they only want brands that have that because of that stickiness. They know that they got to do some work to recruit customers. But once they recruit those customers, um, as long as they keep a high standard of operations, they got a pretty stable business going and then can keep growing into it. So really important for our franchisees, those who haven't experienced a solid membership model. You know, we do a lot to educate our franchise prospects on that to help them understand, you know, what that means for them um, and what that means for the longevity of their business. And certainly those experienced with it really look for that and like it. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think a lot of, um, especially new brands, they're always chasing the newest client and the latest client, and they're not investing enough in retaining their existing clients and anything that, that you do to help that, it's exponential, the benefit, and it's, you don't have to work as hard. I mean, you have to work hard, but you don't have to work as hard to keep your existing customer happy as you do to just find a brand new person. So true. And, and look, if you're keeping your customers happy, that means you're doing something right. And more and more people are going to want to join and sign up. So, you know, if you do start to see churn, you want to understand why, because it's a sign you're not doing something right, usually with your hospitality and operations. 
um, and you correct that and it creates a really virtuous cycle of membership retention, which is great. You don't have to uh, spend as much to recruit new. Um, and those who do come in for the first time see that you have a really great operation and are all the more inclined to become members. So it just, that snowball starts building. And certainly what we want to see is franchisees who come out the gate strong when they open with, with good uh, member recruitment, great service from the get-go. Because, you know, if you start with using that snowball analogy, if you start with a bigger snowball, um, it just builds and builds bigger uh, a lot more quickly than, than starting small. So we try to make a big splash when we open. We try to get those members rolling in and, and that just feeds into a, a really healthy business. Now, what does your franchisee uh, look like? Are, is it um, kind of that person that's displaced executive? Is it a person that maybe was an individual practitioner of one of these specialties and said, you know what, I'm tired of struggling as a mom and pop. I'm going to go with a larger brand. Like, what does your franchisee look like? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, just the examples you gave, we have examples of, of all of those. It's, it's really a mix. Um, we have those who are first time to franchising. Maybe they left the, the, their corporate gig and wanted to own a business for the first time. We have those. We have your established franchisees who um, have turned franchising, you know, for decades into their profession, have an ops uh, system already built, generally franchise across multiple brands. So we have those type. Um, we have, like you said, individual practitioners who have, um, you know, built up enough capital to open their own store or uh, have partnered with somebody to then to then go open their own studio. So, you know, a real mix of both. Um, we, and we've seen success in all of those areas. So we don't limit to just one of those types. I, I'd say what we really, really look for is someone who's gonna be involved in the business. Now that doesn't mean they don't hire a manager to run their studio. All of our studios are manager run. Um, meaning the franchisee doesn't have to be the day in day out manager, but we want owners who are engaged who understand the business they're getting into, who are paying attention day to day of the business and figuring out ways to grow it, um, ways to improve it, who they need to hire, um, you know, what it, whatever it is to, to, to keep that business growing. So we don't see our businesses as, um, you know, you'll hear absentee owner opportunity uh, in the space and, it's not a set it and forget it. We're in the hospitality space. Um, doesn't mean, you know, let your manager run the day-to-day, -day, but keep an eye on the business and know what's going on. And, and that way you can pivot as necessary as your business grows. And that that's protects really the brand important. for everybody involved. Yeah. So that's yeah. really the key, right? Yeah. And so that's a big thing. And then I'd say a very close second is you want someone who's passionate about, um, you know, the hospitality industry and especially health, wellness, and beauty. Um, because that's what you're going to be spending your days doing. Um, you know, the good thing about that is, is that is a passion of a lot of people because all of our brands were helping people, whether it be through massage, helping them feel better or fitness, getting them healthier or through beauty, um, helping them feel better and more confident as they go about their days. And so it's really encouraging because, because you, you can go into your studio as a franchise owner 
and you see happy people, you see smiles, you're, you're doing good for your community. And so, you know, really, really encouraging to go in and, and, and not, you know, you're building a business, so you want to make money and all that, but you also want to contribute to the health and happiness of your community and all of our brands provide that as well. And so it's really satisfying as a franchise owner when, you know, you open up your small business with the support of the franchisor and, um, you know, we want great financial help for our franchise, financial help for our franchisees. Certainly. Um, it's never fun to not have that, but it's all, you know, it just makes it that much more rewarding when it's, when you're doing something good for your clients as well. Yeah. I mean, you're making a real impact and that's important for everybody. Absolutely. Now, um, how do you kind of see 2021 uh, shaping up for you guys? Is this something uh, you mentioned a little bit that you're looking for opportunities if the right brand comes along? But do you think that as the pandemic wanes, then, um, you know, with the foundation you have already built with your existing brands, it's just kind of get ready. You know, it's going to get, start getting busy again. Yeah, I mean, we've already started getting busy um, in many of our studios, which is great to see. And I think that's just going to keep going um, as we get into the year. So, you know, first and foremost is is um, supporting our brands and supporting the franchisees of our brands. And so um, we have a great support team who does that. We're building those and, and focusing both on, um, you know, growing the existing studios, as well as growing out the unit count, bringing on new franchisees, helping existing franchisees build more units and growing growing all of our existing brands that way. So, you know, that's job one for us, certainly. Um, we just purchased Drybar, so we have to get our hands around that and um, figure out how to get that on the ideal growth trajectory as well. So that, um, you know, in 2021 is going to consume um, a bit of our time outside of the, the I'll call it the day-to-day -day support of our existing brands. You know, and then we'll, you know, as a, as a, I'll call it a far third priority is keeping an eye out for other brands that may be a good fit for our system. Um, but certainly that search for other brands doesn't come at the expense of our, the, the support to our existing brands. We have, uh, you know, unique support and spend against uh, searching for new brands so that we don't uh, dilute the talent that we that we can contribute to our existing brands and our franchisees. Well, if there's a franchisee out there that wants to learn more about what you got going on at WellBiz Brands, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Yeah, I think the, the first thing to do is just go to our website, so wellbizbrands.com. And you'll be able to explore all of our different brands, um, both, you know, looking at looking at those pages from a consumer perspective. But then, you know, each of them has a uh, franchise uh, specific set of pages as well. So, you know, le learn about the brands and the business and then dive into the franchise opportunity for each. Would love to talk with you and meet with you um, and help you understand if any of our brands are a good fit for you. Um, it's a really exciting space to play in, and uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to uh, try to bring on you know more high-quality franchisees into our network. Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Great. Lee, I appreciate the time.
All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio. 